Welcome to the number one podcast covering Michigan State basketball. The Final Four is not in the schedule. Join Rod and me, Eric, as we dive deep into the Spartans to get you prepared for every game. Subscribe today for in-depth recruiting updates and fantastic interviews with today's important college basketball personalities like Robbie Hummel. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I have listened to your guys' podcasts numerous times on drives throughout any Midwestern Big Ten city, so I, I am big fans of your guys' work. Jay Billis. And next time, hey, if anybody in Michigan wants a December tea time, call me. You wimps won't show up, but I'll I'll be there. I'll be there and play in the cold. And Izzo will be in front of the fire with hot chocolate. Coaches Thomas Kelly. Oh, no problem. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Mike Garland. You just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're gonna lose. Coming down the stretch, you're gonna lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan Hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here to discuss MSU's blowout loss to the Wisconsin Badgers in Madison, Wisconsin, 81-66. to Before we begin, a reminder that you can get Tiff Knot's logo gear right now, hood shirt, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, quarter zip pullovers, and totes. You can head on over to tffinots.com support to find the link. The store closes on February 5th, so it's only open a couple weeks. That same page is up where you can find links to support the show, its sponsors, and even a link to purchase an autographed book, a goje, from retired MSU assistant coach Mike Garland. Uh, speaking of which, we're thrilled to once again welcome back the OG onto the show. Coach, thanks for coming on and helping us break down the game. Eric Rod, it's great to be here once again, although uh, the outcome of the game wasn't but not what I expected it to be, and it's uh, it's somewhat of a disappointment. Yeah, for sure. We'll get into that. Absolutely. Well, you know, as you mentioned, this game didn't look it actually didn't look a whole lot different than the first one in East Lansing, December. Wisconsin once again efficient offensively, and the few times it seems they miss a shot, they got offensive rebounds and just punished Michigan State. Foul trouble early caused by penetration. Wisconsin really put any hopes of an MSU run at the end of the first half on ice, and Wisconsin led. Uh, night by nine at halftime and the Spartans just could get a string of stops in the second half which really ended any hope of getting a win in Madison so now Michigan State falls to four and five in the league uh, any chance of winning a Big Ten championship pretty much gone Tom Izzo is going to have to wait another day to get his 700th win and I you know I don't know I guess I would head it over to you Rod I mean what was your general impression of the game <laughs> well I mean <laughs> besides bad there wasn't, there, wasn't uh, there were a handful of things I guess positively say I thought I thought AJ did did some some nice stuff offensively. I thought Malik Cole in the first half, when he wasn't saddled with foul trouble, was really good. It came out very aggressively, and I thought completely outplayed Wall um, in that first half. So there were those were some positive things. Um, not a lot else, but I I guess I guess I'd like to start with this because I was at with asking Coach uh, a question. Because it's something that definitely occurred to me in the first half, and to some extent it continued in the second. Wisconsin had guys in the first half. Nolan Winter, freshman backup center, shoots 26% on the year from three. Connor Asijan, backup sophomore guard. We know he's capable of being a better shooter than he's been this year because he was last year. But this year, only shooting 30% from three. And A.J. Storrs, a great offensive player, but he's only shooting 31% from three. All of those guys were, much like the game at Breslin, on fire. 
uh, from three, especially in the first half. And, and I, I wondered as I was watching it, Coach, wh- what your reaction is to that scene that happened. Um, you're, you're talking about guys who, based on the percentages at least, they're guys you're comf- you're probably more comfortable with taking those shots as opposed to some other shots Wisconsin could get. But once they start, at, at what point do you start to change at least the the strategic approach to that? Or, or was this solely, you think, an execution problem, that guys were expected to close out better, to challenge those shooters better, and they just didn't? You know, Two, two things, Rod, uh, come to my mind in this game. Number one, uh, the frustration with uh, Tyson Walker offensively, that hurt us bad. And um, store in my mind, and I, and I said this to Greg Gar when they played us in the first game at the Breslin Center, in my mind, when you say the best player in the league, he's the best player in the league to me. Wow. Wow. Uh, Everybody talks about Zach Eady, but this kid is a player player. Yeah. He he can do you inside, outside. You know, don't 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 let those shooting percentages fool you. Same sure. thing with Estesia. Sure. You know what you you know, he's had those injuries. You know, it takes a while for guys to come back. And, you know, we hit him in a, right hitting them right in the stride when they're playing great. They just come off of a uh, a tough, you know, a tough win over Minnesota at Minnesota. And, um, you know, the big kid winner, of course, he hits that shot. We're going to give him that shot. You know, we 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 just are. Every year we play them. And, and they're going to counter by letting their big shoot the ball. If it goes in, well, you know what? It, 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 it works to their favor. But if it doesn't, it works in our favor. And, you know, one of the things is um, that I think is really ailing us is other than Malik, we just don't have the type of inside presence that we're accustomed to having. You know, we would, you know, if you think about our teams in the past, uh, you know, when we would get in trouble, we could go inside. You know, you, you you talk about Nick Ward, Zach Randolph, Andre Hudson. Uh, it just Al Alagane. We could go into them guys, and we knew we could. We knew we could do. We knew we could. We could get a score. But even more so for us, because we're a perimeter shooting team, is that people would have to collapse and 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 dig down and see that we were, and and I could see it. Rod, it, it, we were really afraid of Crawl, you know, because uh-huh. he is very, very, very good and efficient down on there. So we had to dig. And then once we dig, if we dug a little bit too deep, now all of a sudden we're trying to close out long. And, you know, you get those guys a second to shoot or or either their catch. And, and the guy catching goals draws the secondary defender now we're off the line and we're not there to contest three point shot. So, you know, it was a it was a it was a merit of things. But um, you know, not to discredit what you said, but uh I think you know, some of our offense would have helped us defensively get our fire up and 
and really get ourselves going. It's frustrated when you, you know, you're playing defense and only defense and <laughs> and you're not really scoring the ball the way you want to. Guys just don't have that kind of fire that they need to have. It was great, you know, it you know, it was it was a it was a uh, I think it was a typical Wisconsin Michigan State game, but um you know, we just haven't been been um, been able to be very if offensively efficient against those guys this year. So you would say that in in your mind, maybe the biggest issue defensively, more than anything execution related per se, was that it was hard for guys to maintain their level, the level needed to guard that team because we weren't consistently running good enough offense. Absolutely. In the Michigan State system, we don't press. Our right. press is our ass break. You know, uh, a lot of people don't understand that. That's why we run on misses or makes. You know, teams that press, they press to wear you down. Uh -huh. When we can't, when we can't get out and run the way we want to run and run with any consistency, we're not really wearing you down. You know, I, I you know, that that makes for a whole lot different game. You know, where we can take advantage of our athleticism. And when we're not doing that, we're playing into their hands. They're not as athletic as we are. So, you know, we didn't, you know, we scored. I don't know what we scored, you know, on the break um, during this game. But, um, you know, we, we didn't up-tempo the game. There's been games where you saw us um, playing the um, Sure. And the game was tight, but if you notice, we just had them, you know, on their heels constantly, you know. And by the end of the game, we'd have their tongues dragging, and then <laughs> in the end of the game, we would get them because they were worn down. Yeah, that, that's one thing we we talk about a lot here is the importance of consistently moving the ball up court quickly is even if you're not getting transition baskets, and I think it's what you're saying, if I'm hearing you right, you're forcing the opponent to have to get back all the time. Absolutely. And it's Absolutely. taking a physical toll and a mental toll. Absolutely. You, you figure maybe you get a couple loose possessions from them defensively when it matters Absolutely. down the stretch. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just have one more quick question for Coach Eric, and then I'll, I'll turn it yeah, back to you. Yeah, the other thing that obviously stood out defensively as a glaring problem tonight, and it's been one more than I think any of us would like to see throughout the season, is defensive rebounding. Yeah, Just yes. could not keep them off the boards. I, yes. To me, when I look at this team, and, and I'm interested in your take on it, I don't think MSU's bigs have been great as rebounders this year, but I think they, for the most part, They've been adequate. To me, when I look back over the course of MSU basketball under Tom Izzo, I think usually the biggest separator between a good Michigan State rebounding team and one that isn't is what the perimeter guys are doing or not doing. And especially in that first half, I saw a lot of long rebounds that we just did not chase down. How do you see the rebounding problem, not just in this game, but, but in general, do you think it's more a question of we're not getting enough from the wings and from the guards in general, or or is it a big man problem? 
you know what, I couldn't agree more. Okay. And it, 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 it's, you know, it reared its ugly head from the beginning of the season. And yeah. we've had a few decent rebounding games, but we haven't, <laughs> we haven't, we haven't had, you know, we, we haven't been a typical Michigan State rebounding team all year long. Um, and it is. Our advantage is the fact that our guards normally rebound the heck out of the ball. And, um, you know, that's something that most teams can't uh, practice against. You know, I always used to tell the guys, look, the one thing about rebounding, you know, you never want to get caught out to sea without a life raft. And <laughs> in in our system, our office of rebounding was our life raft. Like tonight, you know, we attacked that glass and got all over that glass. Now well, things change a little bit. You know, that that makes now that makes AJ Store have to work a little harder on the perimeter to try to keep his man out of there. And it makes Kroll a little harder and wall or they have to work harder. And now they're down there battling and, and you know, it it, it 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 takes some energy out of those guys. Yeah. And I saw, I saw it. the last few games I've been watching Mighty Sissoko, and he's really been trying to make an effort. Yeah, he's doing it alone, and and you guys have heard the term, you know, in Michigan State we always talk about gang rebounding. Right, both ends of the court. It's a, you know, it's a gang. You you get everybody in there. You know, four guys on the offensive glass. You know, five guys rebounding the ball defensively. And that's how you keep people off, and that's how you get at people there. But when you, you know, I, I just, boy, it, it really rubs me when I see guys, whether it's our team or any team, where the guy is halfway. You know, he's he's not really gone, but then again, he's not really back on defense the way he should be either. So, that you know, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about that whole point. And and I think the frustrating thing for me as a fan, it's got to be way worse for you, is they've done it well enough, just enough to let you know that the potential is there to be a lot better on a consistent basis than they have been. I think about the job they did against Illinois, or I'm sorry, well, Illinois was one, actually. They did a pretty good rebounding job against a good mm -hmm. rebounding opponent, and they did an even better one against Baylor, who's a yes. good rebounding team. So you look at that, and you say you can do this against very, yeah. very good offensive rebounding teams, but yet you struggle against a team like Wisconsin that, you know, is very, is very mediocre over the course of the season. It's just very frustrating to watch, and I, boy, I'm sure everybody there wish they knew the answer, but um, I think they got to find one. Yes, yes, and it's uh, you know, rebounding is a mentality, and uh, you know that Michigan State grit and all of that, you know, that's our brand. That was our hit when we were in trouble, <laughs> you know, uh, in our program and times. Uh, third season, right? You know, he had to make rebound because we couldn't shoot it in the ocean. We had <laughs> to make rebounding our it, and um, you know, it, it is it's really frustrating. You guys know you 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 saw us play. You saw us play 
as students, you you know everybody that's a Sparty fan knows what our DNA is. Right. Yeah. It, you don't see it; it just crawls you. Well, and, and and especially like I said, when you do see it, just here and there. So it's not like you could say, "Well, we just don't have guys that have physical capabilities to do it." Like, yeah, they do. They're just not doing it. Yes, they do, and that rubs you even more. Yeah. How do you explain that? Because, I mean, you know, you're look, we're looking at, we've had a number of years in a row. This is not just this year problem. This has been a multiple year problem now in Michigan State, you know, relative to Michigan State's history of poor rebound either on the defensive end, the offensive end, sometimes both ends. Uh, is it is it just the personnel that just are happened to be on the team the last few years? Or what do you think it is? I mean, it, I, it's it's puzzling to us to try and figure out what, why they're struggling so much. Boy, you know, I'm 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 not there every day like I used to be. You know what I mean? Right. So it um, you know, it, it's not a hard question to answer. Um, as I said, you know, the mentality, you know, it it, it has a lot to do with it. Um, I think that um, you know, I think that again, when the ball goes inside. And we're playing inside out. Now people are out of position. You know, I'll give you this one. You know, and I think, I think you you guys will understand this. You know, when when we our first year winning the Big Ten, uh, what was it, ninety eight? Yeah, ninety seven, ninety seven, ninety eight. And as I said, we couldn't shoot it in the ocean. Our best play was Mateen's please penetration, and he gets it up on the glass. Fortunately for us, a lot of them went in, but when they didn't, we always got the offensive rebound. Right. Because now the team is in rotation, the big has to step up, he's out of position to try to go back and rebound. We're coming like mad men, and we're, we're a perimeter shooting team. And the same thing when the ball goes inside to the big, the big is closing out on on our on our big trying to you know contest his shot. He's really he really can't. He's got to spin all the way around to get to it. And there's probably somebody else in there trying to help. You know those getting to the those rebounding lanes are wide open. So penetration has a lot to do with it. Um, you know. You just, you know, like when AJ gets in there, you know, I notice we don't really get anybody to follow him. You know, we yeah. used to y'all follow him, okay. follow mm-hmm. his penetration so that if he misses, we're going to get it because they're, they're collapsing on him. So you can get it back. It's just, you know, I, I don't know if, um, you know, I know the coaches and our staff is telling the guys every day, but, um, uh, you know, like you said, there are times we do it and there's times we don't, um, you know. But um, I think against teams like Baylor and Illinois where we know, you know, we're a little afraid and we're desperate, then, you know, we do it. And then other times we, you know, uh, you know I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to, because, you know, their team, it seems like the worse the team is coming in offensive rebounding, the better they seem to do sometimes in the season. It's right. been um, a little tough. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I guess let's talk about the game a little bit more. I mean, I think things that, um, you know, from a shooting standpoint, in some respects, Michigan State was not terrible. They shot pretty well from three, but not many, you know, Mm -hmm. six for 14 from three. Uh, just never really got any sort of rhythm, fast break points, seven to four in favor of Michigan State, which felt about accurate. I think we sometimes question those numbers, but that seemed about, yeah, about what, sure. it, what it was. They, turnovers, eight to six. I mean, there was not a huge turnover differential, but you know, second chance points, 17 to nine in favor of Wisconsin, which goes to the rebounding issue. And then they just were, you know, they just shot the lights out early and that sort of, and then when they missed, they still got the rebound. There it is. And a nutshell. That, uh, that was the thing, you know, it's it's funny, and, and I'm interested to see your take on this because I understand what you were saying about when you're not clicking efficiently on offense, it can affect the other end. But to me, this game felt like the, the fact that Michigan State just could not get stops against Wisconsin put so much pressure on the offense to be perfect that you, you're yeah. never going to be able to do that. I mean, that's just as a fan watching it. That's the way it felt to me in the flow of the game was like, we can't miss a shot. We can't turn it over because if we do, we're going to start seeing the lead build for them. Never mind us climbing back into it. And to me, that was, that was mostly a function of just not being able to guard them the way we expect Michigan state to guard a team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, you're right. And, uh, you know, when when I said uh, that the offense, you know, I, I, I'm, I was really trying to um, speak from a perspective of bringing energy to up, sure. upgrade your your defense. You know what I mean? But yep. I, I agree more in that, you know, when we couldn't stop them and then, you know, they run the shot clock. I mean, yeah. you know. They, they, they're going to pass, they're going to move the ball, they're going to shorten the game, and that's to their advantage. Although, I, to me, they play quicker than yeah. I've really seen them play in since I've been in, in the Big Ten as a basketball coach. Uh, I really like Wisconsin's team. From the day first day I saw them, I, they caught me by surprise. Yeah. I mean, AJ Store really changes their athleticism and their ability offensively. He changes them a lot. I think is it fair for us to say right now? They, I think we, for a while we weren't sure if it was a fool's goal that they were in first place in the Big Ten. I feel pretty comfortable saying that they're the best team. I know P- Purdue, you know Zach Eady, but they seem like the best, most complete team. The they seem like a team that'd be the hardest to t- knock out of the NCAA tournament. You know of the of the teams of the Big Ten right now. That's just my feeling. I. I- Man, I I would have to agree with you. I I really do. I I man, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see them play against Purdue, and of course, Purdue will be jacked up because they know right. how good they are. But man, I don't know. Um, do the do, does does Wisconsin and Purdue play twice? Yeah, they still have two to go. Yeah. Well, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's I I. I I'll bet that Wisconsin gets them at least in one of those games. But I agree with you, Eric. Man, overall and what they do, it's uh, they're solid and and defensively they they're pretty good themselves. I mean, they had Tyson Walker frustrated. Yeah, uh, let's be real. You know, he he couldn't get a shot off. 
Th- that was the thing that most surprised me about this game is if you look over the course of the season, Wisconsin has let a lot of people shoot pretty well against them. And I guess Michigan State was okay tonight shooting the ball, but it did look to me like they made it extremely hard for our guys to get good looks. You know, you Mm -hmm. look at how many – we don't typically see Michigan State with many shot clock violations in a game. I mean, we can go multiple games without seeing that. And there were, what, at least a couple tonight, right? There were two, yeah. There were two, yeah. Uh, I I did think they played much better defensively than I had expected them to having. I I think it was just a very, very good game for them defensively because I've seen them enough this year. I didn't think they were quite at the level they were tonight, but hats off to them. Like you said, they made life hell on Tyson. And see, Rod, when you when you start talking about three point shooting percentage and people shooting threes on them, you know their gap defense a lot like ours. They play drop, you know. Right. They play the drop defense against the ball screen, and then and then they rush, come up with their hands and try to get you to shoot mid range jump shots. But what's misleading in all this, and, and you. And and you said something that 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 you know came back to my mind about good defense. It's not always the ones you give up that they make. It's the ones that you take away. They sure. Were and that's what was happening to Tyson. They were taking away his attempt. Right. They made his attempt rather than just run up and get a hand up. They were in his pocket and made it tough for him to even get a shot off. And I, that's the way they play it more, where they're they're up and, and you can't get an attempt. Now, you're going to get some because of penetration or don't get, you know, uh, you know you, you're going to get some because you're going to catch them out of rotation and all that. But when they're playing solid and they're chasing – they're there. They're not going to allow that shot. They want to get up into him and force him to make that extra pass or shoot the mid-range jump shot or or go to the hole like he did tonight a couple times. And they were just, you know, that lip was just there. It was hurting me, you know, because he was <laughs> he just in position or had the angle to score. Yeah. I always thought, like, even going back to Bo Ryan's era, that was kind of the way they played. They were they were definitely going to try to take away good twos from you, and they'd live maybe with certain kinds of three point shots being taken. But yeah, it, it makes perfect sense what you're saying that the strategic approach they played. I just thought they executed it tonight better than I've seen them execute it in some other games, uh, particularly as say with Tyson, just not giving him good looks where it wasn't right. even a contest. It's like he can't even get the shot off because of how because of how quick they were. That that's how you that's how you beat good three point shooting teams. You're probably not gonna, you know, can have a great contest on every single shot. But when you start taking away their attempts <laughs> and he can't yeah. get that open look, it's yep. a different story now. You know, that's and 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 people don't people don't they watch the game, but they don't. Most people don't understand that aspect of, of defense. That's why we had the shot clocks, right? It's it's 
I not try, not trying to toot our own horn, but that is something we always talk about here. Um, that it's not just about the percentage that a team's giving up, but more important because that can be luck reliant, as the analytics guys yeah. like to say. Somebody gets hot, you know, whatever. You can't always control that, but if you can control the number of attempts or the kind of attempts they're getting. That's within your control. Yeah, absolutely. It is in your control. There's no question. All right, one more quick, one more quick question for Coach AJ that occurred to me. I want to, I wanted to go back to AJ Store because I, you made a strong statement a few minutes ago that that you think he is maybe the best player in the Big Ten. Period. We said in our preview that he was the best transfer, so we were we were kind of underselling it a little bit compared to where you I mean, are. But this is the thing that I saw, and I wondered what your impression was. To me, what makes him so good is that when I look at him the way he played, and it was evident tonight, he is playing perfect Wisconsin-style basketball. He fits seamlessly into everything they do. He can shoot well enough. He can handle. You know, he's versatile. He's strong. But he adds Kind of an he adds maybe a little bit of athleticism and an aggressiveness that they don't often have on their roster. There over the years, I when I think of Wisconsin, I think their wings usually are more guys like Klesman is, who's a very good player, but he isn't AJ Store. Do you agree right. with that? It, to me, that's what makes him so great for them is he can play the way they want to play perfectly, which not every not every player can but he's just got a higher ceiling. Yeah, he he's he's a very good player. You know, I mean, you know, for his size, he handles the ball. He has he has great length. You know, he 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 he, he he's a scorer. And see, that's the difference. You have guys that can shoot, right? That are scorers. He's going to find a way to score. That's why his shooting percentages look the way they do because guard allows him the freedom to go out and score the basketball. So he's going to have some bad shots, just like any great player, LeBron or any other great player. A lot of times they're, you know, their shooting percentages and stuff don't be crazy. They, but, but, but they can score. And when the game is on the line and you really need them, they can put they can put you up some points on on the board and where you're right Rod over the years other than maybe Tucker um, I'm just trying to think uh, Devin Hare you know guys like that they just never really have those kind of guys right right I, I think it's I think it's got to be really exciting for them if they can keep him because oh. uh, because oh, he's he, yeah he's I'm, just about with, perfect for them. I, I'm with you. I mean, he'd be perfect in the green and white too. But. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> but you, but you know what I mean by by saying that there's there are a lot of guys. I mean, Wisconsin over the years doesn't usually even attempt to recruit guys that are you know just super high level athletes. They don't right. tend to go for those kind of guys. They need guys in that system who can who can handle a little, who can shoot a little, who can pass, who can defend, who are tough, you know, physically tough. It, it, it requires maybe a little different kind of player. And to me, he has all those attributes plus more. 
And that's the part they usually don't get. Absolutely. 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 Well, you know, going back even to Coach Dick Bennett, they play a style that they had to play to be able to compete in the big right. team. They yeah. couldn't. They can't, they, they can't play the way we play or play the way Purdue played, you know, Indiana. So they, they, they had to have something. And what happens is, you know, they want, they want the same quality of player that we get or Purdue gets or Indiana gets. But what happens, the system over the years, kids look at that and say, wow, do I want to play in the slowdown right. game? Yeah. Of that and that that kind of in a way hurts them in recruiting, but um, they've had some they had some kids that were heck of a players and and this one here he, he's one yeah you know yeah. and I say that from this perspective Eric and and Rod he is in my mind and I could be wrong but in my mind when you see him because he's going to get an opportunity to play at that next level. You'll see, you'll say, wow, wow, how good is this guy? I mean, he's good, man. He he can play. Well, that, that's, you know? that's why I said they're, they're going to definitely hope they can keep him because I, I agree with you. You look at him and why why could does he not have a great chance to be a pro? You know, he does. He does. He does. And a very good one at that. In the right system, he is going to be a very good one. So the the only other thing I wanted to sort of address is, you know, we've only seen very sm small bursts of time for Kohler. He played 14 minutes this game, so we got to see a little bit of him more in offense and defense. And I think maybe surprisingly, you saw him out there oftentimes with Cooper or Sissoko, or yeah. Sissoko with Cooper. Part of that was because of foul trouble with Hall and, you know, not going to Carr. Uh, but I think it was a little bit of an experiment to see how those players could work together, playing the four and five together. I guess, you know, the first question is, what do you guys think of how Kohler looked and, you know, now that he's sort of played more game minutes and then, you know, how do you, do you think that four or five experiment works or, because nothing seemed to work really great tonight anyway, but I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, that kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. Um, they didn't seem to get hurt, hurt. In with that lineup defensively, like I thought was going to happen. Agreed. But, yeah. But I think there were certain lineups they knew that they could do that and throw those guys in there together. So, yeah, the, the, when they tried it initially, they did it. I noticed they had Jackson out there um, at the four when I think it was Gilmore was in mm, the game giving yep. Wall a blow. But then later on, they did have him out there when Wall was on the court. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was, and I agree. I mean, I'm not saying I think that's that I'm convinced that's a, a move to go to going forward, but I didn't think they got hurt any worse than any other lineup they had out there tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Were, were you were you surprised, Coach? It sounds like maybe you were to see Jackson getting multiple turns before before Cohen Carr ever saw the floor, because I was. I, I really wasn't in this particular game. You know, and and I think it comes down to experiencing, okay. being able to guard the swing. You know, maybe Colin was having some problems. You know, guarding it caused your first time going through it and going against that offense. It, 
you yeah. know, it's not as easy to guard as you as you think because they vary the screen. They they you know, it's a mover blocker, but they run that screener along the lane line, sometimes on the elbow, sometimes mid post, sometimes low post. So now you can't get a kid just one route to guard the cutter. So he has to, you know, he, he's got to navigate that. And that can be confusing because you go too soon and you get caught under it and they'll turn around and rescreen you and then the guy's open on the wing. You see what I'm saying? And then yeah. Nine, now he catches it, stops in the middle of the lane, and boom, they're right there to score layups. So it, it can be difficult. And, and, and you know, it, it's a – you know, when your first time going through that, it can be it can be tough if you don't have it a, any type of uh, prior experience in guarding something like that. Um, uh, just a follow up to that, I- I'm curious about this. You you talked about varying the screens, where they're coming from, when they're coming, all of that. Is that something that Wisconsin's calling? Or is that kind of a read-react thing? And, and the reason I'm asking is, if it is more of a read-react, I guess it would make sense that they're getting much, much better this year offensively than they were, say, last year in terms of how efficient they are because they've got so many guys out there that have played a ton of basketball for them. So you'd kind of expect they'd get better. Yeah, that that, that back screen that they said is – you know, that back screen that they said is definitely, it, it's a read and react. I mean, okay. and, and the more experienced guys have and play in that offense, the more, um, the, the, the more, uh, I'm, what word do I want to use? You know, the more they understand more of the different options to use coming off of that screen. Right. It, sometimes they, they, as I said, they're going to set it along the lane line. And they, they may set it up the high elbow, they may set it medium, and they may set it low. But they also may step off further and come and get you. Like, okay, Stork catches it on the wing, holds it, and waits until he starts to see the, the post guy or the bottom guy, sometimes it's a guard, plumbing before he reverses the ball now you're caught up into him, and the, and they got a better, they got an advantage on the screen. Right. You see what I'm saying? I but do. They do all those different things, and that, and you're right. You know, last year, you know, there were there were little guys trying to feel out well, how do we play in the offense and stuff like that, and now they've got it down. And that swing, it's it's tough to guard, man. You don't know what you're doing. You never went against it. It's tough. So how did you feel Kohler did? I mean, either of you. I mean, did, I I felt he looked like he looked pretty good, and he's looked improved over last year, at least the ability to finish and such. Well, I you know he just he just needs the opportunity to play more, and it hasn't yeah. been long since he's been back, and uh, he's just got to you know we just got to get him in the ball games, get him some touches, and um, I, I really think we'll see his confidence grow. And I think he'll 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 be a low post present offensively for us down there, um, you know. Hopefully, in the near future. Right. All right. Well, uh, let's go through our various segments. We'll start with the 
Brothers to Just Two Gutters, they sponsor the player that Michigan State needs to keep in the gutter, which was AJ <laughs> Store. <laughs> I think we can safely say yeah. that didn't happen. Uh, if you do need gutter work, uh, you definitely want to contact the Brothers to Just Two Gutters. They have, they cover both the Grand Rapids area and outside the Metro Detroit area. I do fantastic work. Even in this weather, they'll come out. We all have the snow melting off our roofs, especially if you're on the west side of the state. We got lots of snow and then the rain on top of it. So you got to have good gutters to keep everything out of your from pulling out by the side of your house and then getting in your basement and causing all kinds of trouble there. So the Brothers of Yesu Gutters, you get 10% off if you mention Final Four. We get in your estimate. You can find those links at our uh, support page, finalfours.theschedule.com slash support. Uh, so, I mean, what store ended, finished the game uh, with 28 points, 9-17 from the field, 3-for-8-for-3, 7-for-8 for for from the line, a couple rebounds, a turnover. I mean, he was fantastic. <laughs> so, we should say it, I think – Clearly, did not even did not keep him in the gutter. How many? How many guys? I think that's between the two games. He averaged twenty five points a game because I think he had twenty two in the first one. He probably twenty eight yeah. tonight. I think um, that's right. How many guys over the course of Tom Izzo's tenure in two games have averaged twenty five points a night against Michigan State? Not very many. I know um, that. No. Yeah. <laughs> that. You might. You might have a guy who gets you for 25 once, but he's probably not doing it the second time. Second time, and, uh, right. And this kid did it both, so hats off to him. No, he was he was, he was was so far out of the gutter he couldn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had like those uh, heated gutters. He was, he was on fire there. There was nothing right. slowing Ooh. him down. Uh, all right, so then uh, as far as the uh, Squeegee Squad of Grand Rapids, they sponsor the Michigan State player who cleans the glass the best. Uh, and Rod has tied it up at three. Madi Sissoko finished with seven rebounds to win, so Rod takes the lead and goes 4-3. Yeah. He's got four in a row. Four, you are on a, a heater. Yeah. <laughs> I had Malik Hall, who ended up with just a, just a couple up here. That's the uh, only and so, you know, good thing that came out of tonight is that. Yeah, That's pretty it. pretty much. Uh, interesting fact, Squeegee Squad, not only they come out and do a great job at my house, um, but they actually cleaned the windows of the Capitol. Which I just found out recently. So they mm. were oh. they uh, so mm. they will get they'll take out tackle any job. You think you think your house is trouble your hard? Just imagine trying to clean all the windows in the Capitol. I think that's some serious ladder work, scaffolding going inside. Um, so that was kind of kind of cool that they actually cleaned. Now whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I guess depends how you feel about the state government. But uh, they will they do a great job. Obviously, they did a fantastic job. My house. Uh, you can get fifteen percent off. You mentioned rebound when you go get your. Estimate you can find ways to do that at our support page again at the final force on the schedule.com slash support. Uh, I think we kind of talked about rebounding all the problems, and I don't know there's much more to add to it except that just that you know, Michigan State really struggled. And um, despite Mahdi, seems like the only one who's like truly focused on it. I mean, Aikens had four, which is he was second on the teams, but I didn't feel like he had four, like uh, as impactful as that four, especially with all those long rebounds. That that's that's a guard's responsibility. That's their responsibility. Get those long rebounds, run them down. Well, hopefully they can somehow change the mentality at some point here, or maybe just need it. So I guess you know that's a question for you, a quick coach. You mentioned you know that ninety seven ninety eight season clearly things weren't working, and you're like, well, we just got to crash the boards, and that was not something that was that was not a decision made before the season, right? That was sort of like partway through the season. Is there some point where where that just becomes a, a huge emphasis and then we're just going to say, hey, four or five guys crashing the boards. We're not going to worry about floor balance. We're going to force them to not even leak out because we're going to just 
you know, because I think you could say, well, you need floor balance to not offensive rebound, but you could also say the same thing. If you have enough people offensive rebounding, then you're going to force them not to try and break out and, and score on that. Right. So it can go both ways. Well, yes, you can. But if you are on that, if, if you're on the glass the way you should be, <laughs> even when your opponent gets the offensive rebound, they're so afraid of losing it, getting it stripped or knocked out of their hands that they cover the ball. You know what I mean? Like right, yeah. And hold it so you you got time to get back. And that's the, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it. But when you said, you know, the emphasis became that, we had worked on that all through the preseason and all, you know, we had worked on it the year before and we just got better and better and better at it. And then the, you know, I was on a Jack Ebling show <clears throat> to uh, today and he asked me what was the, what was the one game that turned the Michigan state program around under Tom Izzo. And I said, it was when we beat Purdue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At Purdue, and they were ranked like four or five or something. They had just beaten North Carolina, and we went into their gym and beat them. We beat them by 17, 18 points, I think. Yep. And um, that was when our program turned the corner. But we just, we just mulched them on the glass. I mean, we were just, and they, they had size, they had, uh, Oh. Yes, as athleticism, but we just we were relentless, and you know it, it it becomes a mentality. And I think once you have a lot of success with that, you you know you have confidence that hey, it's worth the while to go get it. So you know, and you don't you don't you don't you you when you think back, did you ever? Every once in a while, some team may luck out and get one over our head. And nobody's back, but that didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> not not a lot. You're right, and and I think that's a really important point that you're making because I I think that it's something that hurt MSU a little bit early this season in trying to get their transition game going. It it's not enough just to get a defensive rebound. You really need a clean defensive rebound. And when when it's one that's contested the way you were talking about it, as you said, you're covering it up, you're worried about getting stripped, you're worried about somebody picking off an outlet pass, all of that stuff, you can't run. Can't run. You can't run. That split second where you're covering the ball and or you're trying to, you know, keep it from getting stripped, or they're, you know, they're closing out with their hands up and contesting the outlets. It makes it tough, you know, it makes it tough. But if you go up there and get that thing above the rim and get it clean and swing it out of there, you know, now it becomes a two-step race. Right. And we wanna, we've won a lot of those races in the past. All right, so we'll go to our Keys to the Game brought to you by Nudge Printing. As a reminder, uh, up until the Michigan game, the trivia contest is open, so that's going to be open till Tuesday. You can enter for free. All you have to go is to uh, nudgeprinting.com slash TFFINOTS. And there you can enter the contest. You get Everyone who enters gets at least a $5 gift card, which you could use at the store to buy some logo gear or whatever you want. Uh, and then the winner will get a hoodie from Nudge Printing. The trivia question is, in two, March on March 4th, 2000, 
Michigan State won 114 to 63, where Mateen Cleaves had a, broke the Big Ten and the uh, and Michigan State single game assist record with 20. Which team did he score? Did he get the 20 assist worth? And which team did Michigan State beat by 51 points that day? So the answer uh, you'll find out after the Michigan game. Now, of course, you can look this up. <laughs> Coach is laughing because he knows the answer. Yeah. Obviously, he was there. <laughs> uh, we don't know if you look it up. So, you know, if you look it up, uh, you know, we'll never know. Yep, all's so, fair. All's fair. All, all's fair. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we won't tell Nudge, I promise. Uh, so, again, check that out at the, for the trivia question at nudgeprinting.com slash TFFINOTS to at least get your $5 gift card. If nothing else, you'll get a chance for a free hoodie, which is good value. All right. So, five keys to the game. First Key is inside out. Yeah, just, just you know, in, in fits and spurts, I think AJ did some stuff, kind of getting himself to the rim. Uh, there wasn't uh, maybe just a very occasional post presence. I think Jackson maybe had a couple buckets in the post, Malik, but not a lot there. And, and I thought when MSU was going through those periods where they weren't able to match Wisconsin basket for basket, like I was talking about. I, I I didn't think that offensive balance, which has been so important to them being better uh, as an offensive group, I just didn't think there was quite enough of that in this game. You know, if we if if Malik is not scoring down low in there, you know, we really really don't have any inside presence. I mean, do you think that's a, I mean, that's a thing. Obviously Jackson Kohler provides that he provides some sort of post presence, not nearly as refined as some of the players in the past, but he's a sophomore and he's hardly played this year. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is, do you think there's time for that to develop to become a significant force for Mich- Michigan state this season? For, for Jack, for Jackson Kohler, I mean, do you think you think he can become the post presence they need oh, this yeah. year? Oh yeah, I do, I do, I I really do. I just it's unfortunate he got hurt early. Yeah, yeah. He got more experience, and now by now, you know, you could throw him in there and say, hey, you know, we're gonna run some things and get him some post isos and um, low post isos, and uh, you know, we'd 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 have got some out of. You know, and he can't pass the ball, you know, while he's down there. He's got he, – he's good offensively, but it's just he hasn't he hasn't had opportunity to because of the injury. Uh, so the second key to the game was Malik and Wall. And so I thought, you know, to your point, Rod, I think, you know, Malik was definitely the better of the two players the first half, and then the foul trouble really, you know, sent him back and struggled to get going offensively in the second half. Uh, but Wall never really played as big a bigger role. I don't think so. I think that was sort of a win for Michigan State on some level. Yeah, it just wasn't as critical as I thought it might be. Yeah, um, right. It was like we talked about in the preview. It was it was good to see both guys come into the game relatively healthy because that hasn't been the case. Either, either one or the other of them have been injured, missed the game, or, you know, like Malik, the game earlier at Breslin, he was sick leading up to it and he played, but he clearly wasn't himself. So it was good to see them both kind of in a normal state of affairs, you know. I really liked Malik's game in the first half. I mean, that foul trouble, what he sit, like the last eight minutes plus? Probably, I mean, he yeah. was The way he was playing, he might have had 15 by halftime. You know, I th- he's playing well. Yeah, and, and just really aggressively. I mean, you know 
he's got his mind set where it needs to be when he's looking to tear the rim down. And he was tonight. It was it was really impressive. And then the second half, as you said, Eric, I I, I didn't think he was able to get back in the flow in the same way. Uh, but as, as you also noted, Wall really didn't do a lot statistically in this game. He didn't have to. That's yeah. the unfortunate thing. They didn't need him the way they normally do. But yeah, you'd say Malik had the edge, but it didn't matter as much for Michigan State as I thought it might. You know, there's always, <laughs> you know, there's always a a, a a side factor, or you know, someone who in in big games, someone that you're not expecting. Yeah. Through, and it was a stegen tonight. Yeah. Yep. And the score was the points that he scored. Yeah. You know, take those points away, and now you got a game that comes down to the wire. Right. Although went into the game, you know, we knew that he was capable, but uh, he hadn't done it all season, and he sh- decides to show up tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so third key to the game was defensive rebounding. I don't know if there's more that needs to be said about this. I think no. we've gone. I Let's mean, just to give up. some numbers. Yeah, it's 43% for Wisconsin defensive oh. rebounding rate. Oh. And and Michigan State was like twenty six percent, you know. As a and what did so. what did they what did they shoot from the floor? I don't know the numbers they were, in front of me. They were fifty. They were about well, they were a little under fifty percent from the field. I think. Okay, Let's but, see. They were well, they were fifty point nine percent from the field. Okay, so they so, had they, tw- so they shoot fifty one percent, and they're grabbing forty some yeah. percent of. I mean, the so you're shots. like seventy five percent. Yeah, you it's, can't it was, you can't win a game like that. You just can't. You can't win. You can't win. You can't win, and you know we don't we don't turn people over, so that doesn't balance right. that. And that 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 was exactly the way we put it in the preview, Coach. What, what we said was in this in this particular point, we said you know you're not going to have any kind of substantial advantage at all in turnovers. Maybe you're you know if you're lucky, you might be plus one against yeah. these guys. So. You know you're not going to do that. You also know that Wisconsin rebounds on their defensive end really, really well. I think they came in seventh in the country. So you're probably not going to get a ton of offensive rebounds yourself. So it meant you have to do the job on the defensive boards if you're Michigan State because if you don't, that's going to be the area where Wisconsin's just going to have a lot more scoring opportunities uh, than you do. And both teams shoot the ball well. So if they're getting more chances, it stands to reason you're going to have a problem. And that's that's, that's exactly what happened. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's not really deep analytics. That's just kind of obvious. That's like simple mathematics there. Well, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's what it is, is, you know, the analytics guys will, will talk about that stuff. And some people think that, oh, it overcomplicates things or it doesn't capture the true essence of the game. But if you boil it down, to it's the the most simple form of what's being measured it's that it's a hey yeah. they're going to get more chances to score than we do you know right. that's everybody can understand that and that's the truth that's what it means right right it's hard for me to believe people get paid for something that's obvious <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> i guess that's modern day basketball or uh, yeah but, well, sometimes if you make something simple, complicated, they say, "Oh, it must be a different, new way of looking at things," and it's just the same thing, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. That exactly. That, that, bring, that brings to mind a, a quick question I'd, I'd like to ask Coach at 
uh, there was a press conference, and I, I think it was after the Northwestern game, which was a very frustrating one to watch because I know I felt, I don't know about you, that a lot of that had to do with Northwestern just being a lot tougher and more physical than Michigan State was. There were other things, mm-hmm. too, but I felt like they beat us that way, and that's it's not, you know, it's, obviously it's not acceptable in the Tom Izzo program. But he in the post-game press conference, he made a comment, Coach Izzo made a comment about, you know, it was perceived as a negative comment about analytics. And I know that the Michigan State program actually, you know, has a that's not discarded. That stuff gets factored into everything that's done. But I wondered why, to me, it sounded like what he was saying is, look, you can quote stats, but that's not going to tell you what's in a guy's heart how hard he's playing, his mentality, and that those things matter even more sometimes. Is is that what you took from it, or was there something else I'm missing? No, that's exactly what he was trying to say. And, you know, these, these, these you know, I, I have my opinions about analytic guys. I, I really do, and I know a lot of seasoned basketball coaches and players have some issues with all of that too, because the game is the game and we know that. Are we saying that the stats don't matter? No, they they do matter. And you do take, you know, uh, valuable information for them and put it into the game, but it has to be executed. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And that comes right. down to a whole other thing. Just because the number is a certain number, and, oh, if you do this number and you get to this number, then you'll win. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, you got a great, as Judd Heathcote used to say, you got a great flair for the obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. But right. now hitting someone and having someone able to do that is a whole different right. story. You know, it, 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 it just is. It, it comes down to execution and having players that have the ability to do that. And in our game, in football, and and even baseball, you know, hockey, any of them team sports, it comes down to, you know, as I said, execution, but a willingness and a grittiness to be able to do that. And in our games, unfortunately, there's defense, <laughs> right? There's defense. There's someone trying to stop you from doing what you do, and then you're trying to stop them from doing what they do, and that has to be taken into consideration. And sometimes these number guys, well, you know, get out on him, and you know, when when he shoots under, when he shoots under thirty percent, they lose. Well, you know. Okay, when Steph Curry shoots on the so, so stop it. <laughs> right. It's that easy, big boy. Get, right. Get out from under the computer, move away, and you go out there and experience and see how that's done. And that's that, you know what? You know, Tom handled it Tom handled it a lot better than I would have. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, here's a guy, most of those guys, they're computer guys. And 
a lot of people like them because they can put a number to something. And, and think, oh, oh boy, I, I know these numbers. I know if this works here, then, oh, that's what the game is. No, it's not the game. Right. I think, you know, to take it out of this sport for a second, I think a classic example of what you're talking about is what the Lions have done this year. <laughs> because because they they do marry these two things. You look at how aggressive they are, and right. some of that is a function of the way right. that the analysis of the game has changed. Said, you know what? It makes sense to go forward on fourth down more than teams traditionally have. Right. But but right. what's making it all work? It's <laughs> it's the fact that Amon Ross St. Brown can catch a pass two yards short of the marker and fight his way to get it. That's right. something that analytics doesn't measure. It's something exactly. else. Yeah, exactly. If you had Mike Garland out there trying to make that same catch, it wouldn't work. You <laughs> lose. <laughs> it's a big difference, man. It's yeah, I was rocket. covering you. Yeah, then you'd be not rocket be science, as Eric says. It's not rocket science. <laughs> I'm trying to make it into that. So uh, the fourth key to the game is pace, and you know we mentioned. That, uh, Michigan State did not get out running, uh, did not keep the pace. It, it's interesting because, you know, Wisconsin, despite playing a slowish game, they still score a lot of points. I mean, just just speaks to their efficiency. And they hit a number threes and, and uh, scored a bunch on the line as well. So, But uh, the pace was not where I think Michigan State wanted it. No, not at all. And that's a lot of half we, court. As we talked about in, in the preview, that's not even just about getting into transition, it's also about how quickly are you getting into your stuff offensively? Are, are you right. generating, are you generating good shots, you know, early in the flow of your offense? So you're not finding yourself in a position. Michigan state, I think found itself in too often tonight where the clock's ticking down five, four, three, and you don't have even a prayer of getting a good look. Right. And I just, yeah, I just didn't think, I didn't think the pace was where, you wanted it or needed it to be if you're Michigan State, because I, I I don't know about you, Coach. We'll ask you this. I I think even if you're talking about in the half court, this team for sure is at its best when it's playing fast, when it's when it's getting into sets quickly. Guys are moving. The ball is moving with a purpose, and and it's just it, it feels faster. Um, I think they struggle when they try to slow it down or, or find themselves slowing it down. I'm sure it's not trying to. Right. I mean, you know, it, that, it's, it's the essence of our game. And in particular with this particular team, right. we need to out and run. And when we do that, you know, uh, like the Baylor game, I mean, we were we were getting up and down. We were yep. getting wide threes in transition. We were getting to basket. We were able to get to the glass because we're running and then they're trying to catch us so they're not in position to 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 right. to keep us off the offensive glass. And that's another thing about, you know, when you when we're running, it's so much easier to offensively rebound the ball in transition than it is yeah. when we're in the half court. Cause they're not sat and they're in a scramble and it's easier it's easier to get to the ball. So a lot of that you were just what you're saying. Yeah, how often do we see a guy miss a layup in transition where the shot gets contested and there's an easy follow? I mean, all the time. It is. Yes. You know? So, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Yes. 
Yeah. So the fifth key to the game was Cole, uh, the Cole Center, and you know Michigan State was four and two coming into this game in the last six. Now they've dropped to four and three. So not a not a house of horrors like it was under Bo Ryan, but obviously you know didn't work out this time. And I, it you know, when you get down as much as you do, it's hard to yeah <laughs> hard to come back with a crowd with a hostile crowd. But I didn't. I, I my two sets. I didn't. I, and it's it's also tough to say. Well, how much difference did a building make? when right. you were down by as much as I didn't think I didn't think Michigan State crumbled under pressure I just thought they got outplayed and I think if yeah. that game happens on a you know in the in a court on a cornfield it's probably the <laughs> same outcome you know with no fans or during covid with no yeah. fans right yeah. because yeah. it was it was about the way the game was played but but I did want to ask you for for your take on this coach when we talked about this the the one thing that I thought and you know you know far far better than us it seems to me that you know some places besides the fact on top of the fact that you're playing a really good opponent there can be kind of a a psychological burden for the players if they haven't had any success there like i think with this team Mackey arena most michigan state teams most teams period going into Mackey arena <laughs> it probably feels that way I did think the fact that most of these guys on Michigan State's roster have had success at Cole Center, like Eric said, they're four and two there over the last six, that that would maybe make it easier. Is there, is there, am I, am I full of it or is there some truth to that? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And the Cole Center, in terms of having fans in there, they're always, you know, there's a sellout. It's just like, right. Right. But the craziness of the crowd and all that is just not the same as if you're playing in Mackey or in, you know Assembly Hall. It's it's, it's that's not the same. Yeah. You know, and and, and I, I and I don't want to blame their fans because you know you well you know how it is <laughs> um, in football in that in that football stadium, but. Um, you know, I think it has a lot to do. They have a modern arena, and it's more of a pro. Like, okay. you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's bad. I do. It's more leisure. Where we're talking about, <laughs> you know, we're talking about, you know, when you're playing in Mackey, that thing is back, comes from back in the '50s and '60s, <laughs> uh -huh. and it's right on top of you, and there's nothing in there but bleachers. And uh, they're they're just going bananas, you know. And and I mean the sound is deafening, you know. It's not as big, and it's just it's hard to play in there, you know. Uh, I always thought, you know, even though they weren't at the top of the league all the time, but you know when you go and you play in the barn in Minnesota, yeah. And I'm telling you now. Yeah, when boy, you better come with your A game. Otherwise, they'll beat you in there because their fans are, and the noise and the, the you know, it, it's it, it can get electric in there as well. I always I always say this to people. I was I was really lucky as a as a little kid. I got to see Magic play four times over the two years at Jettison. I've mm -hmm. never I've never been in any building in my life that was as loud. Like you would, 
you would feel the stands shaking. It felt like an earthquake. That's how loud the volume was. And Williams Arena, I have not been to a game at Williams, but it's always felt to me, because it's a similar age and everything to Jenison. That's right. Like it's maybe just a little bigger version of right. what Jenison was. And if and when they've had good teams over the years, you can feel that coming through the television no, set. So I don't, I don't no, doubt anything you're saying. The other part of it, which was... I imagine a real challenge for people is the fact that you were playing on a stage for a lot of those years yeah, and you go flying off. And yeah. I, I think I've got this right. I, I want to say the first coach I ever saw deal with that was Judd. Judd started, I remember in the eighties at some point, I think it was Judd started bringing a stool and he'd sit yeah. on the stool up on the floor. So he I, wasn't below it the way other people have been, but, I would think like guys going diving for a loose ball probably had that in the back of their mind somewhere that they could go flying off the edge and it makes it tough. It's just another thing to deal with. Yeah, but it's a great, you know, when the, the floor is still elevated, Rod, it's just not as high. Right. Yeah. It? I knew they'd made changes. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, man, I played on that floor a few times and, um, uh, Played there in the summertime a lot because my best friend was a uh, uh, football player uh, at the University of Minnesota. But I mean, it's uh, it was a it's it it was a great floor to play on. You know, it was you know you could get a ton of spring off of it, and it was elevated, and it was just basketball-y, man. It it, it I mean. Yeah, you could go off the edge, but they had it was it was so far off, you know. So yeah, aprons were just huge. So you know, guys weren't as 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 afraid to go off the edge as you might think. But okay. everybody knew it was there. But man, what a great what a great arena for basketball. Yeah. And I guess getting back to what you were saying about Cole, just to, to wrap that up, it's it's always struck me, the the building that it reminds me of a little bit and that I think maybe has even a little more of that pro atmosphere you were talking about is um, Value City in Columbus. Yeah, exactly. You think they're similar? Yeah. Yeah. Same, whereas when you used to play in St. John. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Old deal, man. Absolutely. Schools, some schools like Duke, they'll never change the arena. Right. They and then why? Why? I mean, you got a home court advantage and the number one team in the country. You know, why <laughs> why change? You know, let's keep let's keep our home court advantage. Have you um have you seen the new arena that Baylor just opened? No, I have not. Yeah, they built so it's a new building, so state of the art. But it only seats like I think seventy five hundred, something yeah, yeah. like that. And I think they're trying to capture that while still having you know the nice locker rooms and all that stuff. So it'll be, it'll be interesting if that's a if that's a trend that we see. Yeah, it would be. It would be. I know that's what that's what I would want. I take environment over uh, Martin Day Arena as a head coach anytime. <laughs> you know, it's it's the fans you know, that make the arena. It's not the arena that makes the fans. Yeah, no no question. And especially when you, where you put your students and, you know, whether you put them behind yep. the basket in the upper deck versus right on the floor, 
makes a huge difference. I can just tell watching different Big Ten games like, you know, Iowa, they're behind the basket. They're not nearly as engaged as they are as they're like Michigan State with the Izzone where it goes wraps almost all the way around the court. Right. And you wonder, too, with, uh, you know, high definition television and people might it might be harder to fill the arena. You might rather have a full 9000 seat arena than a 9000 people in a 14000 seat arena. Or, right. So or, or. Yeah. So. Uh, well, before we go, I just wanted to ask, you know, again, reminder that uh, Coach wrote this book, Goje, right? I'm pronouncing that right, I think, right? Agoji, yes. Agoji, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. You can get an autographed copy if you just go to the link we have on our support page. Uh, that's probably the easiest way or, um, yeah, that's probably the easiest way. Just so the tiffnots.com slash support. There you can find the link to get the autographed copy. Uh, you know, one of the things I did, we didn't have a chance to talk to you about last time is I had a question. You know, you mentioned that you took on a couple of foster kids when you were for you and your wife. Absolutely. Uh, I have a, my family did fostering uh, for a refugee from Guatemala. And uh, what was it that led you to decide to do the fostering? Cause I, my impression was it wasn't a relative and that's oftentimes why people foster. It weren't. That was at the, right at the peak of the, um, other uh, crack cocaine epidemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, they were searching for uh, foster parents for women who were, you know, strung out on crack cocaine, and they had a special program set up for those mothers that if they would get into the program, get cleaned up, they would put their children in foster care, and um, uh, you know, so we, um, uh, you know, I, a a social worker friend of ours connected us and yeah. we decided to do it. I mean, it was, it was very rewarding. Um, but, uh, the condition, uh, the conditions that those kids would come to us were, it, it, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, oh, I described yeah. with that in that book, uh, the one young man, interestingly enough that you would, asked me that question uh the one young man that i was talking about in there donald donald yeah yeah he has he he has um some some health issues and some learning issues because of that now and now he's an adult but because of what happened he 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 has some problems yeah you know we just um (laughs) We, uh, we've always, my wife and I, Sapio, we've always, uh, felt that, um, we were, we were obligated to, to help others when, whenever we could. So that was, that was, that's always been our passion, basically all our lives. You know, if it wasn't up for one of the players, one of my high school players having to move in with me or, you know. Just sometimes, you know, one of my daughter's friends couldn't get along at home, whatever. We've always tried to help out in that regard. Yeah, that's great. And um, yeah, again, you know, I highly recommend the book. I know Rod thought feels, feels the same way. It was, uh, there's so much insight Absol- in there. There's absolutely. There's a, you know, it's one of the things, it's interesting because you, you, may, you draw all kinds of parallels. I mean, you see basketball as a, I guess, you know, a metaphor for life, or maybe that's the wrong word, but, uh, that there's so much that, that is similar to your basketball and life is, you know, the things you, the struggles, the things you try and do to, to excel at both are crossovers, right? They're, they're in fact, they're the, they're the same. Yeah. So it's really great how you 
put those together. But um, and I always find it, it certainly start being part of the show the last couple of years. I've been really amazed at uh, all the different ways and nuances, the ways you can be successful in basketball. Like, you know, you don't you can, might be a great shooting team. You might be rebound. It's just there's not like one formula. It's not just like one way of doing things. It's just your similar in your book. You talk about people having different talents and different sort of things they bring and that they do different. You had the same fundamentals of being successful are the you know, they're always the same. But Absolutely. how you express it is different, and so that's what I feel like it's kind of neat with basketball too. At that, you yeah. flesh out in the book, yeah. and, and uh, you get to nail on the head, and that's what I'm trying to get through to the reader is that um, you know, you know, basketball has become such a popular game worldwide, right? You know, sure. Ball, of course, is big in our country, maybe bigger because of the number of people that attend the game, but in popularity. You guys know that right now, uh, millennials, <laughs> I mean, maybe even before millennials, um, you know, basketball has just taken off and it's the world game. I mean, everybody knows basketball start. You can go to China, you can go to, to the Congo in Africa, you can go to Russia. I don't care where you go, basketball yeah. has become uh, uh, uh just a, just a, a, a very popular, popular game uh, in modern times, and uh, and I think I think Eric, a lot of it has to do that it is so close. Like you see other sports, but it is so close to what life is. I mean, you 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 can see a game play out, you know. And then you can take that game and you can pull out of their analogies that can be used, you know, in everyday life situation. That's mm -hmm. basically the same thing, you know. So, you know, that's 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 what I'm trying to drive to get across in the book. And that was a great question. That was a great question. And um, boy, it's been interesting. Um after our last show with you guys, we had a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of a lot of your viewers uh, have been very good to us in terms of, uh, you know, reaching out to us for for books, and uh, I hope more people will continue to. Oh, to that's do that's great. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. And we do, we do, uh, we do, we have continued to mention the book in in subsequent episodes because I do think it's. Um, it's a good read, and I think it's I think it's an important read too, uh, particularly but not exclusively for Michigan State fans. Because even if you weren't a Michigan State fan, there's a lot there's a lot there. I'm not I'm not sure how many non Michigan State fans we've got listening to us, but um, but I think that's true. And so I'm, I I think we're both both Eric. I'm speaking for Eric here, but I were both really flattered and happy to hear that that was the case and. You know that's the objective, and I'm glad that it's happening, and uh, we're we're helping to to get some people uh, to get your fantastic book. Well, actually, you are. You actually you are, and I I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to actually be out at the um, Rebounders Club, out at the um, um, Michigan State Credit Union um, uh, Rebounders. That's where they hold the rebounders. Right. At the, um, okay. Out at the uh, 
Michigan State Federal Credit Union, and I'm going to be out there on the 1st um, with a book signing out there. So if you have oh, any cool. that are in the area and they want to stop by and and get an autographed copy, they, they're more than welcome to do it. That'll be like at uh, from 10.30 to 12 o'clock on the 1st. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, the only thing that, that I that makes me feel a little bit better about tonight is that we do have the Lions playing for a chance to get, make to the Super Bowl oh. on Sunday. Uh, I think I think it's been a good distraction. I think the best part of it about it for me anyway is that the the talk of the Michigan's national championship was lasted about one yeah. day, and then it just been exactly. Lions fever exactly. has been taking over the rest of the I state. Love that. And, 100%. and I think right. so. Love it's that. it's love been it. it's been a good diversion, and so no one's really talking about it. So it's been kind of nice that way. Absolutely. Uh, I I think we'll uh we'll we'll leave it there. We've gone a little long, so really again, super we're super happy to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on. And give you an analysis. I always learn a ton, and I don't even plan on it. I'm like I think, oh, we'll just talk about the game, and I, there's so much more stuff that I that I learned. And so I really appreciate your insights, Coach. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. And uh, let's do it again. Yeah, go green. Uh, we'll uh, again. Just a reminder: go to all the uh, go to the support page. You can find not only the link to Coach's book, but uh, the links to our sponsors: the Brothers Gutters, Squeegee Squad, and, of Grand Rapids, and Nudge Printing. Also, you can go and find and get a link to uh, on the to the the contest for which team that Mateen Cleves had a twenty assist. The answer will be, will be at the after the Michigan game. So you can, if you can answer that, you get to enter in for a free hoodie. So uh, until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green. All right.